as I went to walk in on a fine summer's morning. The birds on the bushes did whistle and sing. The lads and the lassies in couples were sporting. Then back to the factory, their work to begin. I saw one amongst them, she was fairer than any. Her cheeks like the roses that bloom in the spring. Her skin like the lily that grows in yon valley. She was only a hard-working factory girl. to her more closely to view her when on me she cast a look of disdain saying young man stand off me and do not come near me I work for my living and think it no shame The next morning I was there, ready and waiting, and bade her to talk to me just for a spell. And each morning after she lingered still longer, and then hurried away at the sound of the bell. I 
cast my eyes on it in such disbelief A truth of the world settled into the ashes The rich man's neglect is the poor man's grief As I stood there, a whisper, it did caress me. A faint scent of roses, my senses begun. I lifted my face and I saw that above me. A thousand young butterflies. Dark in the sun And that was Rhiannon Giddens with the title track of the EP, Factory Girl. Welcome to Polyrical, a podcast of political music, a topical solution for the political revolution, a soundtrack for the resistors, the agitators, and the fighters working for a better world. If you want to make a recommendation or send me a message, head over to polyrical.com. you find a link there to send an email. You'll also find a link there to recommend a song, a topic, or an artist for a future episode, and a link to make a donation to keep this podcast free and independent. The Yinta is a forested foothill region on the east slope of so-called British Columbia's coast range, roughly halfway between the town of Prince George and the BC coast. The woodlands are primarily spruce, the rivers are cold and clean, and wild animals including bear, moose, deer, marten, beaver, and grouse are abundant. Some logging has taken place in the area, but the remoteness of the territory has left it largely pristine. The Unistoten plan to keep it that way. This is where the battle is raging in western so-called Canada. Uh, against oil pipelines, against these giant corporations trying to extract the resources from the land and putting at risk 
the traditional lands of the First Nations people. Lee Reed has a brand new song out. This is by Lee Reed with uh, music by C Reality, that is C E E dot reality. It's called Get the Fuck Off the Yinta. And this is available on Bandcamp and it's also a fundraiser. All proceeds go to the frontline organizing efforts on the Yinta. You can, uh, one of the great things about Bandcamp is the recommended price is a minimum price. And the recommended price for this song is $1, but you can enter any amount you want above a dollar. Here is Lee Reed with Get the Fuck Off the Yinta. Yeah. Uh. This is the message. Settler to settler. Respect the conviction. And get the fuck off the guilty. Extraction, it's a national passion. And we turn maps into cold hard cash for them. Resource ransacked, put into stacks for them beasts on Bay Street to all get fat from. No coming back from the fracture that the state's gone made between us and what's natural in our nation's nature to take from indigenous people. Murder displaced them, incarcerated, alarming rates while making statements about unmarked graves. We know that man camps means there's rapists that make the places around them unsafe, and we know the rates and the facts been written, extraction make missing indigenous women It's a given, just part of the take since the beginning Before John A. McRacist, settler state, always on the take The land, the water, the forest, the lake And Horgan got weapons and phony baloney Wet sweating, I got the holding the shoney The whole world know we on that land back, homie Only wait, we'll make it right the whole world know we on that land back, homie Only way we're gonna survive Fucking better get his orders from the board rescinded And get the fuck off the ginger CGL can go to hell, no consent, no permission And get the fuck off the ginger RCMP gotta leave with the army boy equipment And get the fuck off the ginger JT better read his Delta more EBC, uh, And get the fuck on, uh. So wet and have been on these lands since before there was an England or a France and before the Mongols conquered the expanses before the Roman roads and advances and before the bronze of the Iron Ages before the English fucking language and so I don't really got the word to explain the relationship they got with this space sacred legally gets unseated even our Supreme Court has conceded so it's easy to see RCMP is just red coat menace Skill penises, big guns under Bay Street leadership, doing illegal shit, breaking Geneva shit. JT, gotta see the peeps ain't feeling it. U N D R I P, we meaning it. R C M P, take your machinery and just leave them be to live peacefully. Just leave them be, leave peacefully, leave peacefully, leave peacefully. Fucking better get his orders from the board rescinded and get the fuck off. CGL can go to hell, no consent, no permission And get the fuck off the Ginza RCMP gotta leave with the army boy 
And that'll bring us to our topic of the episode. The topic of the episode for this episode is military pollution, specifically U.S. military pollution. The U.S. military is one of the largest polluters in the world. Here's a little bit from an article at earth.org. The U.S. military recently released a report analyzing the Department of Defense's climate risk. The Pentagon thoughtfully acknowledged that rising temperatures are, quote, reshaping the world with, quote, more frequent, intense, and unpredictable extreme weather conditions caused by climate change. But they failed to analyze the Defense Department's own contributions to climate change. In 2019, a report released by Durham and Lancaster University found that the U.S. military was, quote, one of the largest climate polluters in history, consuming more liquid fuels and emitting more CO2e, carbon dioxide equivalent, than most countries. It established that if the U.S. military were a nation-state, it would be the 47th largest emitter of greenhouse gas, GHG, in the world. And these figures were only from taking into account the emissions from fuel usage alone. The Cost of Wars Project found that the U.S. military pollution had accounted for 1.2 billion metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions, which amount to 257 million passenger cars annually. They compared this astonishing output as higher than the emissions from whole countries like Sweden, Morocco, and Switzerland. And greenhouse gas emissions are just a small part of the U.S. military's legacy of pollution. The U.S. military has polluted land across the U.S. and across the world with from, from the 1950s when it performed open-air nuclear testing, polluting vast areas of the land where those tests were taking place, specifically vast areas of the Marshall Islands and Navajo Indian lands in and around Nevada. The U.S. military has dumped tons and tons of toxins from munitions like depleted uranium and other harmful munitions to defoliants like Agent Orange to chemical weapons of all different types um, all over the world. And the U.S. military has polluted the water as well through those sources and others, uh, specifically one of the major pollutants um, coming to light in the last decade or so are PFAS chemicals used at military bases, largely in the form of fire suppression and firefighting foams. And here's an excerpt from a piece published at ecowatch.com. Last week, mainstream media outlets gave minimal attention to the news that the U.S. Naval Station in Virginia Beach had spilled an estimated 94,000 gallons of jet fuel into a nearby waterway less than a mile from the Atlantic Ocean. While the incident was by no means as catastrophic as some other pipeline spills, it underscores an important yet little-known fact that the U.S. Department of Defense is both the nation's and the world's largest polluter. Producing more hazardous waste than the five largest U.S. chemical companies combined, the U.S. Department of Defense has left its toxic legacy throughout the world in the form of depleted uranium, oil, jet fuel, pesticides, defoliants like Agent Orange, and lead, among others. 
In 2014, the former head of the Pentagon's environmental program told Newsweek that her office has to contend with 39,000 contaminated areas spread across 19 million acres just in the United States alone. U.S. military bases, both domestic and foreign, consistently rank among some of the most polluted places in the world. And the U.S. is unique in having 800 or so military bases and facilities scattered around the world, probably the majority of which have some significant uh, environmental pollution problems. As perchlorate and other components of jet and rocket fuel contaminate sources of drinking water, aquifers, and soil, hundreds of military bases can be found on the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency list of Superfund sites, which qualify for cleanup grants from the government. Almost 900 of the nearly 1,200 Superfund sites in the U.S. are abandoned military facilities or sites that otherwise support military needs, not counting the military bases themselves. Quote, almost every military site in this country is seriously contaminated, John Dingle, a retired Michigan congressman and war veteran, told Newsweek in 2014. So, on top of the tremendous harm that is the U.S. military machine in its direct cause of death, it, amongst millions of people globally, its residual effects of creating those weapons, transporting those weapons, and using those weapons have a devastating impact beyond the human impact on the environment. Here's Anti-Flag from the album The Underground Network. This is Vieques Puerto Rico, Bikini Revisited. Are united, all is one, let's make a stand We've got a privilege in the power that we covered So let's not shout in ignorance and let us strength waste away And the virtuous nation in the world we've got here is what's up in The Echo's Puerto Rico, every time 
person in the United States, we are generating 2,400 pounds per year of hazardous waste. Um, I think that recent national polls show clearly the concern on the part of the public and that environmental issues are the number one issue. Become a health risk. 
Critical race to social statistics As everyday life become a health risk Medical race to social statistics As everyday life become a health risk And that was a disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy off the album, Hypocrisy is the Greatest Luxury. That was Everyday Life Has Become a Health Risk. One of the most recent cases of military pollution that has been brought forward in by the media, at least the uh, non-mainstream media, the independent media, is happening on Oahu. Here's a piece published at truthout.org, written by John Letman. Barely one week before top military brass, veterans, and Hawaii government officials were to mark the 80th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, families living in military housing around Joint Base Pearl Harbor, Hickam, on Oahu, noticed something was wrong with their tap water. They smelled gasoline and saw a sheen on the surface. Complaints and questions were soon followed by sickness. Infants developed bright red rashes, people and pets vomited, and children and adults were rushed to the emergency rooms with sores in their mouths, headaches, stomach cramps, nausea, and bloody stool. Initially, U.S. Navy officials dismissed concerns and said they had been drinking the water themselves without problem. On November 29, the base commander said in a statement, quote, there are no immediate indications that the water is not safe. But three days later, Navy officials reported that tests found that Navy drinking water lines had been contaminated with volatile hydrocarbons like those present in JP-5 jet fuel used for aircraft carriers. At the center of the crisis is U.S. military's Red Hill Bulk Fuel Storage Facility, which includes 20 steel-lined tanks built between 1940 in 1943, underground into the Kapukaki Ridge just east of Keawalao, o Pualao, known as Pearl Harbor, near U.S. Indo-Pacific Command Headquarters. Each tank holds 12.5 million gallons of fuel, which is used for the endless stream of naval vessels and military aircraft that operate from Joint Base Pearl Harbor, Hickam, and nearby military installations at the heart of the U.S. military presence in the Pacific. The Red Hill facility has a history of spills and leaks dating back as far as 1948. Since its construction, the nearly 80-year-old tanks have leaked more than 180,000 gallons of fuel, according to Sierra Club of Hawaii estimates. Built vertically in porous volcanic rock, the tanks sit roughly 100 feet above a key aquifer that provides water to more than 90,000 military service members and their families, as well as the greater Honolulu metropolitan area, home to some 400,000 people. Speaking at a town hall meeting on December 2, Rear Admiral Blake Converse, Deputy Commander of the U.S. Pacific Fleet, said a test found petroleum products just above the waterline in a Red Hill well 
wells in other parts of central Oahu, Converse said, did not show signs of contamination. He said that the problem would be resolved with, quote, significant additional flushing with a good water source. However, that same day, Hawaiian Congressman Kayali Kahele called the situation a, quote, crisis of astronomical proportions. Kahele, an Iraq and Afghanistan war combat veteran and Hawaii Air National Guard pilot, described visiting the home of one impacted Navy family who took their daughter to the emergency room for a headache and throat irritation, where she was diagnosed with chemical burns in her mouth. Holding up a plastic bottle filled at the family's home, Kahele said, quote, If you smell this water, you would know that there is something wrong with this water. At a subsequent public meeting, Captain Michael McGinnis, a surgeon with the Pacific, with the U.S. Pacific Fleet, advised, quote, There are no long-term consequences from a short-term exposure, but added, should we discover this was a long-term issue, it's important for us to register who's been in this area should long-term consequences develop. According to a Honolulu Star Advertiser report, petroleum contamination in the Navy's water supply was present as early as last July. And as the military continues to deny and downplay the impact that it has in this particular case, as it does virtually everywhere, the people fight and struggle for clean water. Here's 10,000 Maniacs from the album Campfire Songs, the popular, obscure, and unknown recordings of 10,000 Maniacs. This is Poison in the Well.
And wrapping up our set of songs related to military pollution, that was Pollution Evolution by Bradicus. That's found on the compilation album, Prosecute the Arms Dealers. Here are a few words from Martin Luther King Jr. from Speeches by Martin Luther King, the Ultimate Collection. This one is called All Here and Now, June 17, 1966. Otto Preminger, foremost independent producer of motion pictures, has said, and we quote, I have great admiration for Dr. King. His spirit and devotion to these ideals, when translated into reality, will lead to full democracy, the greatest advancement for Americans of all creeds and colors that our country has ever known. Dr. King now responds to this observation with three little words. Three little words, that's all we live for. Three little words of big and great significance. Dr. Martin Luther King speaks of these three words. All here and now. We don't need to utter but three words to tell this nation what we are talking about. They aren't big words. You don't need to have a great vocabulary to utter them. You don't need to have a philosophical bent to grasp them. They are three little words. But we want to let the world know that these words describe what we mean and what we are determined to do about racial injustice. One is the word all. We don't want some of our rights. We don't want a few token handouts here and there. We want all of our rights. The other word is here. There are some people who, who, who say that we need to go back to Africa. And then there are some others who tell Negroes in the South to leave the South. You can't be free, so get out. But down in Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia and South Carolina, we are saying something else now. We want all of our rights, and we want all of our rights here in Alabama and Mississippi and South Carolina. And then there's a third word. It is the word now. We are not willing to wait a hundred years for our rights. We are not willing to wait 50 years for what is ours on the basis of the Constitution of this United States and the authority of God himself. No, we are not willing to wait another 25 years for our rights. We can hear voices telling us to slow up. We can hear voices telling us to cool off. Our only answer in calm, patient terms must be that we have cooled off too long, and if we keep cooling off, we'll end up in a deep freeze. We must go on and say... No, what we are saying to this nation is that we want all of our rights. We want them here, and we want all of them not next year, not next week, but we want them now, at this hour. This is what you're saying. 
Our artist of the episode for this episode is Mystic. Here's an excerpt from an interview published at kqed.org written by Nastya Voinovskaya. Mystic sits in her backyard on the kind of warm autumn afternoon that makes people remark at how good it is to live in Oakland, California. Dappled light shines through a lush canopy of persimmon, fig, and guava trees. Her pet lovebird chirps in the distance, and she's snacking on almonds between Zoom calls with young musicians she mentors. This is the veteran hip-hop artist Little Oasis, away from the unruliness of the city, where she ponders the changing seasons of life, love, and art. It's a good time for reflection. The recent loss of her longtime close friend and digital underground collaborator, Shock G, shook her deeply. That and the grief of living during a global pandemic prompted her to listen inward and ask herself what would fulfill her soul right now. Quote, I mean, shouldn't we all be doing what we love? Isn't it the time now? She asks in her naturally poetic cadence, lowering her voice into a near whisper. Then she starts to get louder and more passionate, as if proclaiming a manifesto. If we're artists and art is part of our healing journey, then we should all be making art right now, right? There should be art flooding our speakers and our museums and our buildings, right? Public art. And for Mystic, one of the roles of hip-hop as a public art form is to bring traumas out of darkness and into the light where they can be examined and processed, maybe even let go, in communion with others. That's the power of her classic album, Cuts for Luck and Scars for Freedom, whose 20th anniversary Mystic is celebrating this year. She recently took ownership of the master recordings and put out a podcast series looking back at its creation. Now she is gearing up for a vinyl release in December. From the outside, it might look like Mystic is recommitting to her art after years of focusing on her other loves, academia, and teaching. After Cuts for Luck and Scars for Freedom was released to great acclaim, she walked away from a record deal and took a different path that brought her to UC Berkeley and eventually the University of Oxford for her master's degree in education. For years, she spent more time in kindergarten classrooms than on stage in front of fans. But to Mystic, these multiple pursuits are all part of one continuous quest to create, express, and be of service. Quote, It takes life to make art, she texts me after one of our conversations. There are times of input and times of output. I take my time for input, and that includes healing, living, loving, working with children, school, and community. When my art is ready to be born... That is output. That is all. It's easy to see why Cuts for Luck and Scars for Freedom put mystic-born Mandolin Ludlum on the precipice of major music industry success when it came out in 2001. The vulnerability and candor in her lyrics are magnetic as she zooms from sharp observations to intimate, personal confessions. She navigates a confusing labyrinth of pressures, both from an oppressive social order and within her own community, and carves out space for compassion and love for her people. Twenty years before the Me Too movement, 
and conversations about mental health became mainstream. Mystic rapped about losing her father to a drug overdose and surviving sexual abuse. She gave voice to struggles shrouded in stigma and shame. Quote, Part of what I hear back then is this fierce commitment to attempt to live and attempt to heal, she says, of her own recordings. And so when I listen back to that and I read those lyrics, I just want to tell her, I love you. From the album Cuts for Luck and Scars for Freedom, this is Mystic with The Life. Come on, come on. And the ghettos play Long nights on a hot summer's block Where you sip your brew and never touch your glass This is for eyes They cry like yours and learn to smile again Rise above the pain This is for you and your crew The ones that's true will always love you No matter what you do
ask you a question? You don't want me to talk to you like that? Would you like to make love? Power to the people. We won't be stopped. We will unify. Are you ready? Let's go. about the grace of being grown watching children in the streets spanning continents and time zones been off teaching babies seek the knowledge do the work they kill my mentee in the street i love you mother moon whispers if we really stop and listen practice breathing as a prayer my cheeks they glisten for babies in cages and families crossing borders if you support this president then you are out of order see you picked a side you can't stand on mine you are a risk to my existence we're not the same kind you would never die for the people i'm a woman of the people we will never be equal we, we are the people
And that was Mystic with We Are the People All Around the World. As mentioned in that article excerpt of that interview with Mystic, um, Mystic, also known as Mandolin Wind Ludlum, um, has focused her own education on education and actually has published a paper um, titled Equity and Education, an Exploration of International Policymaking. Here's a little bit of the introduction to that paper. And this introduction starts with a quote that's near and dear to my heart by Howard Zinn. I actually have a separate podcast called You Can't Be Neutral, and that is uh, inspired by Howard Zinn. Chapter 1, Introduction. Indeed, it is impossible to be neutral in a world already moving in certain directions, where wealth and power are already distributed in certain ways. Neutrality means accepting the way things are now. Howard Zinn The quest for equity in education through policymaking has been embarked upon by many nations around the world with varying results. However, inequities in education continue to result in material consequences for far too many children who have been historically excluded from the promised opportunities ensured by a quality education based on the social construct of race and or socionomic status. Within the global discourse on moving from the United Nations Millennium Development Goals to Sustainable Development Goals, entities such as the Global Partnership for Education call for recognition of educational equity as a necessity. In the context of education, equity should not be confused with equality as, quote, equity is the process, equality is the result. Furthermore, equity requires that all children enjoy a genuine chance for outcomes that are equal regardless of who they are. Policies that have targeted reformation of funding structures, teacher incentives, and curricula, in addition to restructuring schools, provide the historic mechanisms through which pursuit of equity occurs. Yet, inequity in education persists. Understanding the need for equity in education requires one to recognize that all children do not start their educational journeys from the same point in life. More accurately, children most negatively impacted, those on the lower end of the achievement and opportunity gap, begin their journeys on pathways lined with inequalities. Children living in communities with higher socioeconomic statuses often enjoy disproportionate access to better trained teachers general educational resources, and funding, resulting in greater opportunities for the pursuit of both higher education and employment than children living in impoverished communities. As rising economic inequality within nations creates larger and continually expanding disparities between those who have and those who do not, the need for equity in education will continue to be of critical importance until it is achieved. How equity in education will be achieved through meeting standards of equal treatment, equal education opportunity, and educational adequacy, thus becoming holistic equity instead of individual standards of equity, needs to be determined within localized contexts. Additionally, understanding that educational reform policies are not disarticulated 
from global education trends and structural inequalities is critical. How a nation pursues holistic equity through addressing both structural and educational inequalities is connected to the constraints that exist for enacting reforms. Even with constraints, both layers of inequality must be addressed to achieve holistic equity. And that is just the start of the introduction of the paper entitled Equity in Education. Here is Mystic with the title track of the album, Beautiful Resistance. We must either love each other or we must die. Feels like the weight of seven souls is hanging on my heart And my tears are so heavy they could rip me apart I caress the pain, try to figure it out But I still fall apart till I pray out loud Suffering silent is a global issue It don't matter your age, it's a body bag to fit you And it's tragic, written like a classic Where everybody dies and only God's left asking Wishing on the street like, gonna be a long night Fuck the president cause he can't seem to get his mind right And ghetto block to ghetto block the hustle's on People got to eat even if the work is wrong So slowly we keep dying, our souls can't rest Mothers bury babies with a heaving chest So I'm stressed the fuck out from the collective strain So much blood on our hands to wash in the rain She says the world's over, it ain't shit to do Lovers keep crying, sisters keep sighing A revolution's not a dream, we just stop trying And we gon' have to change or die of the sun for when it's cold in December. Let this bang on every street. 
to wake the hearts of those still sleep. Let this bang on every street to wake the hearts of those still sleep.
I sometimes look at a beautiful back road and all I see is pain covered in beauty like a mask. Black boys and men were not and never will be for the taking. Little girls and women are not and will never be for murdering and raping. I am unable to forgive those that trespass the innocent. So I hold on to the remembrance because I know angels were made from your dirty hands on quiet country roads. with y'all. Rest in peace to the angels. God forgive me if I sound angry, but um, they were better than that. Such a brilliant, brilliant and powerful track. Wrapping up our set of songs by Mystic. That was Country Roads and that's just one of the most impactful songs that I've heard in a while. You'll find that track on the album Beautiful Resistance. So to kind of touch back upon the topic of the episode military pollution as one you know the pollution from the military one of the major major costs of the US military the other obvious clear cost is the death and destruction that the U.S. Empire imposes globally with its military. And a third major negative impact of the U.S. military is the dollars that the U.S. government uh, dedicates to building and supporting that military. And what those dollars represent insofar as the inability, I don't know if inability is the right word, because clearly the dollars are there, clearly the ability is there. So maybe I should say the choice the U.S. government has made to dedicate the dollars to the U.S. military instead of dedicating the dollars elsewhere. The House and Senate Armed Service Committees released a compromised version of the annual defense policy bill Tuesday that would authorize billion in defense spending. That's $25 billion more than the Biden administration asked for. And that is an annual number. You might think, as the media talks about other 
priorities of the government. Specifically recently, the, the media has talked a lot about the Build Back Better plan, which got whittled down, whittled down, and whittled down. There's a lot of good things in that legislation, and they're trying to come to an agreement to pass it, with Manchin and Cinema being holdouts, really watering that down, reducing the amount of money in that bill to $1.75 trillion. And when the when the media throws out these kind of numbers, you might compare those numbers and be like, oh, well, they're, they're trying to spend a lot more money on, let's say, more human needs in the Build Back Better Act than they spend on the military. That's great. But that's not true. The, when they when the media talks about 1.7 trillion dollars of build back better that is a 10 year expenditure so that 1.7 trillion just turns into 170 billion dollars per year when the congress just passed overwhelmingly passed i should add a 768 billion dollar defense spending for a year so as as for a long time the u.s government and u.s politicians priorities have been skewed tremendously you know it's what dwight eisenhower referred to as a military industrial complex in his in his exit speech too bad he didn't do anything about it then um, because it's still dominating the the u.s government at this point in time that is the topic of this song by beans on toast this is from an album called a spanner in the works this is money for war there's always money for war there's always money for war for the tanks and the bombs and the bullets and the guns There's always money for war No money for the doctors No money for the nurses or the NHS No money for the teachers There's no money for the people on benefits Even if you're disabled Young mother that's struggling to buy food It don't matter if you're desperate There's no money for you There's just money for war There's always money for war For the tanks and the bombs And the bullets and the guns There's always money for war Well, you say the pot is empty Well, you say there's nothing left Nothing left But these weapons are expensive You got money for them And when you blow up people's houses What you think they're gonna do? They'll come looking for salvation They'll be looking at you There's just money for war There's always money for war for the tanks and the bombs and the bullets and the guns There's always money for war Well, you take me to the arms fair Try to show me that it's right All the people making profit At the cost of people's lives When you want to fix a problem 
Gotta fix it at the cause. Maybe we stop building weapons. Maybe we'll stop starting wars. And that's the plan. Stop building weapons and stop starting wars. Imagine, imagine first what the world's governments could do by taking the money that they waste killing other people and putting it towards supporting human needs. Second, think of the lives saved and all the, what all those lives mean. Every individual that's lost is a loss to the world. They would have gone on to do something in their life to make someone's life better. And third, the pollution we could stop simply by ending militaries around the world would be phenomenal. And that'll just about wrap up this episode of Polyrical. Remember, you can follow Polyrical on Twitter at Polyrical. You can check out all the back episodes of Polyrical at Polyrical.com. You can listen to this and all my podcasts playing 24-7 at movingtrainradio.com. Here is a track called On the Daily featuring Ugochi Nwagwugwu. This is by The Broken Record and that is spelt B-R-K-N. And the album is called The Architecture of Oppression, Part 1. Here is on the daily. Thanks for listening. I am sovereign, I am here with you. What is it about me you fear? I will do come close so 